and we are live. Nereida Lopez Singletary. Thank you for coming on. Thank you, Raul, for having me. It's a pleasure being here with you today. Thank you. I appreciate that. I know I know. right now we're at the finish line of a, of a long campaign. And so anytime I can I can get somebody, you know, uh, that's been in such a hard fought campaign on to share us to share with us their, you know, their thoughts and their ideas. This is mainly what I like. I like to hear ideas. Um, we're excited. So um, and it is it's been a long road, but I take a pride in having every opportunity to get to meet our members. So everybody who's tuning in, thank you so much. You know, it's just another opportunity to be here to ask the hard questions and to right. get to know who Nereida Lopez Singletary and why they should elect me to be your next Hidalgo County District Attorney. Okay, so good. So before we we get into the into the brass tacks, just I guess let the audience know. Just give us a brief bio about yourself okay. and your background. So Nereda Lopez Singletary, who is she? Um, I am the proud daughter of Salvador and Endelia Lopez, two immigrants who came to this country like many other families with the desire to have their family succeed and have a better life. Uh, born and raised in Mission, Texas, attended La Jolla ISD, and just worked very hard during my career, you know, started as uh, being a migrant worker. And okay. to be the blessed to be the first one in my family to attend a post-secondary education. And I was the first one in my family, one out of six, uh, attended UTPA back in the day. Oh, I nice. became a teacher. And then after that, through teaching, continued my dream and my aspirations of becoming an attorney. Nice. So uh, took off, went to law school, came back to serve my community. And that's what I've been doing this past years. Ah, okay. Interesting, interesting. And so what, what I want to do, I want to open up with uh with a quote of yours okay and i want to get you maybe to expand on that a little because it's something that i'm interested in okay so um you say i started my own law practice i served as master court judge in, in, in hidalgo county now i am running for district attorney my office will not be controlled by the establishment justice for all is not a guarantee it is something we have to fight for every single day Okay, so the word establishment, right? I understand it when it comes to national politics. But when it comes to local politics, when we talk about RGV, and I know you're running Hidalgo, but we can generalize and say the entire, you know, four counties down here. What and who are you talking about when you say the establishment? When I talk about the establishment is Nereda Lopez Singletary does not come from political family. I am not a politician. I am someone who has worked very hard. And that's what I talk about when we need someone that is fresh, that, ha that is independent, that is not controlled by a group and who is not here to serve my family, but to serve my community. You know, in Hidalgo County, we have a lot of what is called the politics of, uh, you know, the same thing, business as usual, where we have one family member. And then after so many years have been there, right. not doing much, say, OK, it's now time for my next family member. You know, it's time for my compadre. It's time for my friend. It's time for my cousin. It's time for my nephew, for my uncle. That's what I mean, the establishment. We are tired as a community coming to podcasts, talking to people from our community. We hear it a lot. We are disillusioned. We have lost trust in our elected officials mm -hmm. because it's the same thing. You know, one will leave and the next one will get that torch and do the same exact thing, serving themselves, but not serving our community. And that's what I'm fighting against. We want people that are independent, that are not controlled by a group by a faction who are going to come in here and just do the best for our community. Right. So when you're talking about establishment, you're talking about a lot of nepotism. Correct. You're talking about a lot of nepotism. And 
you know these these campaigns that 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 you guys you know basically w- wage war in right they they get pretty heated and they get personal and you know and and things um things get ugly you know like that's what politics is you know it's not that's not unique to just south texas right like the politics is is an ugly business right the position of da um I never, maybe I would like to get your opinion on this. And this might be a stupid question. I don't know. But I've always wondered how is the position of DA a a political one? Considering that issues of, you know, of justice are are always, should, should not be influenced by outside politics, right? And we, I mean, just there's there's a case that's been happening. Uh, it happened about you know 15, 16 years ago, but it's come to the forefront of our of our consciousness. Uh, this the because of, of a documentary that just came out of uh, Melissa Lucio, who's now in, in in death row, right? The DA that was that presided over that case is in prison right now, right? And the way I see it is whether she's guilty or 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 whether she's innocent the fact that the da himself is now in prison it sullies it corrupts the integrity of of all of these cases right that's how important this this position is right but it's also so ripe for corruption and it's and it's one of the positions that everybody goes in with these lofty ideals of wanting to do better but why is it so easy to fall into the trap of corruption once you're there. Okay, so that's a loaded question, right? Mm -hmm. It's like four part question. So answering one thing at a time, you know, politics, why is it so dirty? I disagree, you know, and that's why I'm running for this. I am taking a political stance and I'm coming here and running for this position. You know, I am the exception. I am not the norm. People shy away from running for these positions. Why? Exactly for what the reasons that you just said. You know, I'm taking a political stand because Yellow County deserves to have options. Okay, nobody should walk into this position and nobody should be attacked the way that I'm being attacked. But it's okay. You know, they're doing that and it, there's no substance to it. And it's gonna not going to keep me from running and fighting for what is right. Hidalgo County deserves someone that's going to put up that fight and say, right. no, I am the better candidate because it's about, you know, what I represent and where I come back. Talking about, you know, being a position that is very important. And it has a lot of responsibilities. That's why I'm running. You know, we need someone in there that we can trust. And that is the most important thing. Someone that is qualified. And I'm qualified. I have the right type of experience. Nowadays, we hear that word and you're right. Pretty words. Okay. They tell you I have experience. What type of experience do we have? The experience that I have is the one that is needed for this office. I have that diverse experience. I have represented people from all walks of life. And I want people not to get distracted when they go out there and they say, well, I have this experience, for example, my opponent, municipal court judge. I'm not running for municipal court. Ladies and gentlemen, I am running to be your next Hidalgo County District Attorney. And that person needs to have the right type of qualifications. I have been entrusted with presiding over three different counties. I have been protecting men, women, and children, not a select few. My experience comes from representing victims, survivors, people that are losing their liberty, their houses, their children. That is very important. 
You know, we're not here running for a position where we're dealing with traffic tickets. And experience is not measured in time or age. Let's be very clear about experience. The experience is measured in the quality of work that we have achieved. From day one, like I said, I'm not a politician. I don't come from political family. I have earned my right to run for this position, and it's based on my work ethic, my experience, and my desire to change the way that that little county operates. We are one of the we're eighth most populous county in the state of Texas. So we need someone who's going to represent everyone. You know, you talked about different cases where we are on the spotlight in the news. We hear about it all the time. It's talked about, like you mentioned that case. You know, public corruption. Mm-hmm. It affects all of that, all of us. It affects our life, the way that we do business, the way the decisions are being handed down, and we need someone that has that right experience to trust us with that office. The DA's office is a very important office and we need someone that we can trust. And that's why I'm running for that. And that's why people should choose me as your next Delo County district attorney. Right. So there's, there's two things there that you said that kind of jumped out at me. One was the trust, right? And I went, I mean, I agree. Experience matters. Experience is very, very important. Character matters too. Exactly. I would say character matters just as much because, you know, everybody who runs for almost any office, you know, can tout experience. Right. Um, some of the people that have, you know, took in our country, you know, and, and have ruined a, a lot of the good parts of it have, have claimed that they that they're the ones that have the experience. Have you been know? there for years. Yeah, we have years, this you know? career politicians. And that's why I say experience. Do you want a career politician who sat there? 26, 27, 30 years, but has done nothing right. See, as opposed to right. But then that's my point is that, you know, character, character also matters. And so when, when we talked about, you know, the, the DA position, right. How it's, it seems like every decade or so there's a DA that's, that's, you know, being, being taken to jail. Right. Because it's, it's a position that's like, it's, it seems like it's so easily, so easily influenced. Right. And that's where I see that character, that character matters. Right. So like, talk to me about issues, issues of character. You know, uh, why are you more fit than than your opponent in this in this particular race? Because trust matters, because it's important that we have trust in our institutions, because if there's two different laws, one for the establishment, as you put it, and then one for the rest of us, you know, what what does that do to the integrity of the institution? Right. Or our criminal justice system. Yes. Right. So, you know, to talk, I, I want you to expound more about or think out loud about about uh, trust in our institutions and character and how that is just as important as experience. Yeah. Like I said, character. My father came to this country with a third grade education. He did not have a formal education, but he talked to us about character, doing the right thing, even when no one is watching, you know, and the DA's office is one that we have to consider who are the people that are running and what is their character. You have files in that office. You have people. That file represents a victim, a person, a family, and they are relying on us to protect them. So let's look at our history. You know, I've been known to represent victims, advocating, always fighting for what is right. Right. You know, we need someone in there that's going to protect those families, that file, as opposed to my opponent who's already proven to you that he cannot even own clients you know he defrauded he this his client his law firm handed over information sensitive information and that person got killed now do we want that person at the da's office 
where we'll have thousands of files. We need someone in there that we can trust. And through my work ethic, through my history, I've proven to my clients and to everybody that I've represented that I can do the right thing. And that's why it's very important when we talked about character and experience. What type of experience do we want in there? The experience of having a DA's office that represents and protects all of us or just a select few? You know, greed is prevalent in our community. People will do a lot of things for money. And we can't let Hidalgo County be up for sale. We can't sell our own clients. If you can't protect your clients, how are you going to protect our community going forward? Right. There was a there was something interesting that you said in a forum, in a recent forum, about starting what's called a corruption task force here in South Texas. What does that look like? So, like I mentioned, Hidalgo County is the eighth most populous county. We hear about public corruption on a weekly basis, every Friday. You know, you tune on to the news, who turned themselves over? Who is getting arrested? So we are having to wait for the federal authorities to come down here and take care of business. We can't continue to do that. Local authorities need to work hand in hand with our state and I mean, with state and federal authorities to take care of that corruption that is very prevalent. Like I said, it affects lives. It affects the way that our infrastructure is being built schools, the way contracts are handed down, and the way even decisions are handed down. So one of my priorities is to be able to establish a public corruption task force that will address this. We need investigators that have the experience dealing with the type of cases. We need prosecutors that are vetted for conflicts. We need to have a task force that is not going to use this public corruption as a weapon, but it's going to use it to help our community be better, to help bring back this trust in the community that we have lost. Because we feel, I am one of those two, we feel that, you know, all this is happening, yet nothing happens to them right. until we have our federal authorities come in. And they will come in. But how long is it going to take them? They need the help yeah. of the local authorities to help them. Because, because my question is, because I remember reading an article from, was it the Texas Tribune? about 10 years ago, and it spoke specifically and to South Texas corruption, right? And the headline was basically something like South Texas, where its citizens have become accustomed to seeing their elected officials carried out in handcuffs, right? This was, this, this was over 10 years ago, right? And you know all that's happened since. You know, the people who have, you know, been arrested and caught and, you know, the amount of corruption that we have down here. How isn't how hasn't this been done already? And how can how can you influence influence that from from a, a, from the DA's office? Exactly that you said how it's been 10 years and yet we don't have something like this right. already. Right. So what is happening? Nothing. We have the same people going over and carrying that torch and doing nothing about it. We need to change that. That needs to change. When somebody goes into the DA's office, they're not only going to go talk to one person. They're going to go and talk to a unit that's going to look at their case and it's going to evaluate it based on the evidence, not on relationships. We need to stop having the selective prosecution. We need to have just turning our eye based on who we know who is connected or not. It needs to be based on the evidence. And if the evidence is there, then it goes forward. Right. And right. that is something that is greatly needed in Hidalgo County. Yeah, That's understood, Nereida. But what, what I'm asking is, how do you establish the task force? 
working with your local agencies. If as you've seen, you know, we talked about me going and talking to the different organizations, including law enforcement. Mm -hmm. Law enforcement needs to know that we have their back. Then when their work comes to the DA's office, it's going to not only be respected, but defended. And I've been out there talking to different groups, you know, and we have the forums that ask us the questions. And I've been very blessed to mm -hmm. have the endorsement of the Sheriff's Union. I've been very blessed to have the endorsement of the mission MPLEA recently, you know, and all that we hear about them is the concerns that they have as officers going out there. They're putting their lives on the line for us to protect and to serve, you know, and some of those cases, once they get there, are being dismissed, are not being, you know, followed through. Why? You know, because we don't have an office that's going to hold them accountable for the cases coming in and defending their work. So how right. do we do that? We have to work with our local law enforcement agencies. And, and so, okay, so uh, perhaps let me ask it a different way. And so as you you get elected as 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 DA, right? What are the first? What's the first order of business when as soon as you take charge? Well, getting, to, like I said, there's different needs for our community. One, of course, is also domestic violence, you know, victims and survivors that we have. That is a big problem that we have, not only in South Texas, but throughout our country. You know, uh, every nine seconds, a woman is being assaulted. You know, children are leaving, li living with families where we have that issue. So there's three top priorities. One of them, of course, is going to be victims of domestic violence and survivors, getting them the help that they need, not only to empower them to report the crime, but to empower them to break the cycle. The second one is working with the local leaders. Of course, you know, your county judge, your commissioners, you know, with the state to get resources. Recently under Senate Bill 476, we have the sexual assault response team that was created in December of 2021. Mm. It's a new task force that was also created, but how do we move that forward, right. right? So the resources are there. We just need to work in conjunction with the state with our commissioners, with our county judge. You know, we want to do all these things, but we also need to ensure that the resources are there. And like I said, there's a lot of help out there. You know, this house bill that just passed was able to create that sexual assault response team that we have in place. Now, how do we move that going forward and improve it? Right. And so what what is the process of that? Because because it feels like like, you know, these um this these types of legislation get get passed all the time, right? But it just seems like there's never any kind of follow through. The answer is, it's just, it's going to take time. It's going to take working together with everybody, getting everybody involved. And like I said, the experience that I bring is I've worked for different organizations, you know, that have, that I've been part of, like the Texas Rio Grande Legal Aid, right. with victims of domestic violence, you know, with other organizations that we just need to work in conjunction to get it done. Not one single person can get it done. But if we know right. what the needs are, then we go forward and address them from there. And we just want to have someone that's not going to go to the DA's office to retire. It's very simple. We've got two candidates in the primary running for this. You know, we need someone that's not afraid of the fight and that's going to take that county forward. We need the next generation of justice. We can't have the business as usual or the politics of the past. Okay. We need someone that's going to go in there to work hard and not just to retire. Right. That's so since we are on, on borrowed time right now, we're, we're limited time. There's, I want to ask you a question sure. for me, you know, um, I mentioned earlier, I referenced the, the whole case that was, ha that happened in Cameron County with, with, with Melissa Lucio. Right. And she is, uh, you know, facing 
execution, for lack of a better term, in the next couple of months. What is your position on the death penalty? So the death penalty is a tool that we have. Okay, our current DA has chosen not to use that tool. But, you know, there are going to be cases, for example, you know, we've had officers recently that we have lost, you know, Chavez, uh, Speedy, uh, Trooper Moises Sanchez, you know, and the one that we have pending with, you know, uh, the person who is incarcerated is the one that killed Trooper Moises Sanchez, you know, and like I said, that is a tool that is available. And if killing someone who was out there in the line of duty to protect us doesn't merit that, then I don't know what does. You know, every case needs to be evaluated based on the evidence. And of course, it's not a simple solution or simple decision, but naming streets and having memorials after our fallen men and women, it's a nice gesture, but that's not justice. You know, it's not justice for us. And I am tired of driving by that street. I live in Edinburgh, Texas. And every morning as I go to school uh, to drop off my kids and I go home late at night, I drive through that street, you know, and there's, it's, this is a time where we need to go out there and send a message that if anybody is coming after men or women in blue, then there's going to be consequences. And that's a case that we need to reevaluate and see, you know, we have that as a tool that we can use. So, but every case will have to be based on the evidence and, and their evidence. own circumstances. Right. There's a, there's a saying, and I, I want, I really want to get your opinion on this, but there's a saying that goes and I might slaughter it. If one innocent person suffers unjustly, no, no, I'm, okay, I'm, I'm going to restate it. It's better for 10 guilty people to be let go, to be set free, than for one innocent person to be, to be penalized unjustly. What, what do you think about that? As a former public defender. You know, that is the reason that I became a public defender, because we have men and women out there who do not know how to navigate the judicial system, who do not have the means to afford an attorney. So as a former public defender, I can tell, take you, tell you that I take that to heart. Right. You know, justice is for all. And the DA's office is not about criminal prosecution. It's not about seeking convictions. It's about seeking justice for all. So I love that quote, because as someone who has fought to defend many that are unjustly incarcerated, I can tell you that is one of the main priorities. Why, you know, become your next district attorney is something that I hold very dear to me right. because there are a lot of people out there that do not know and do not have the means to afford someone and justice for all should not have a price. Right. It should be for all of us. But, but isn't that also the, a case against the death penalty? It is, like I said, the death penalty is something that needs to be carefully evalu evaluated on every single case. And like you mentioned, that case, you know, yeah. it's back again. It's in the news. And it's something that we need someone in there that's going to have, you know, that experience to evaluate every single case. And at the end of the day, you know, those cases come before the public. Right. You know, yeah. they come before the public. And they happen a lot. They do. They do. And it's a, a sensitive issue, you know? Yeah. And because you, you mentioned, you know, domestic abuse and violence. I mean, a lot of these cases, especially, you know, are triggered that by that, you know, and people, it's a rude domestic violence. It's something that to me, it's very dear, something that I fought for, you know, throughout my whole career as an attorney. Because Why is that so personal to you? It's so personal because I've represented many individuals that have fought through that, 
you know, for me, myself being a victim in the past, mm -hmm. it's something that I fought since, you know, that motivated me to go to law school and to do what I do. Uh, I take great pride in being the voice of many who cannot be out there to represent themselves and who need someone to advocate, to fight. Like I said, it's not just, you know, um, them bringing their case forward. We have to empower the men and the women out there to report the case, but we also need to follow it up and right. have the resources and the means available so that they're able to break this cycle yeah. of violence that affects all of us. It not only affects families, but it affects society as a whole. And that's the hard part, right? Is trying to figure out why the cycle begins i mean well, why it starts to begin with right a lot of people say it's poverty a lot of people say it's you know culture um there's a lot of different a lot of factors a lot of factors right a lot of factors but there's a lot that we can do once we're able to break the cycle and it becomes through you know our judicial system being able to empower advocate and help the victims yeah so it doesn't continue with you know their children their next family member right um i don't know if you if you've been paying attention to what's happening across some parts of the country right where da's are they're kind of backing down and being so hard with with criminals in certain parts of the country a lot of people say in leftist part of the country or more democrat part parts of the country they you know they uh i mean and i should know this, but there was a certain DA, I think it was in California, right, that just stopped going after theft, right, and you know things, things of that nature, right. Like we're we're in a precarious situation in, in our country, right, where there's a war of ideas that that is that is taking place, right, war of ideas about how how to handle the our criminal justice system. You know, if it's been too harsh in the past, should we become more lenient? where's the where's the sweet spot right there's i mean it's it's a it's a battle of ideas right somebody's right somebody's wrong right what what, what do you think is because everybody likes to say that they're hard on crime that they're hard on crime but where where do you where do you figure in that in that spectrum you know and for us it's very different Hidalgo county we're a border county yeah. okay we cannot compare ourselves to other cities or other states because we are a border county and one of the missions in running for district attorney is to keep our community safe to keep the violent offenders off the street and that's why i say we need to work hand in hand with our law enforcement and know that their work is defended that we have their back we can't just operate on ideas this is the reality we are a border county and we need to keep our community safe right. and that will always be our priority and that's why i have the support of the men and women in blue because I made it very clear to them that they go out there every day and they put their line, their life on the line. And what we will do is protect and defend their work. Mm. We don't go based on ideas. We go based on reality and we need to keep our community safe. Bottom and, line. And what works. Bottom line. Right. Yes. What works. Bottom line. Okay. Okay. So we are reaching our, our limit here. Okay. Um, so I, I, I wanted to ask you your, your closing statements, right? Like we said earlier there, it's been, a heated campaign there's been a lot of rhetoric and on both sides getting tossed around election day is tomorrow it is it's tomorrow uh i bet there's a little bit of relief and there's also a little bit of nerves when you're when you're in in, in this position for those people that are still on the fence that still don't know whether they're going which way they're going what is your message to them to try to sway them 
Okay. And thank you for having me. Like I said, I am the only candidate that's here. Mm -hmm. You know, I am here to talk to you, uh, to answer the hard questions. And that means a lot. We need someone in there that has the experience, but we need the right type of experience. You know, I have that diverse experience representing people from all walks of life, advocating for victims, for survivors, protecting families all these years. We need someone that is qualified to lead. I have done that in the past and will continue to do that. I've been working hard every single day. And like I said, I have earned this opportunity to serve everybody, my work ethic, my experience, speaks for itself. We need someone at the DA's office that's going to protect all of us, not a select a few. We're not here just, you know, having someone that knows how to cut deals, someone that has fought for families, that will continue to fight for families. And the DA's office is not only seeking, like I said, convictions. The DA's office is about representing all of us, you know, allocating resources, fighting for families, for children, for men, for our law enforcement to make sure that we work hand in hand. And that's why I am the most qualified person to lead the DA's office. You know, we are tired of the politics of the past where we don't get anything new. It's just the same thing being passed on. I am the next generation of justice and I am asking all of you that are tuning in to please go out. Tomorrow is the last day. It's election day, March the 1st, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Go out there and cast your vote. You know, your vote is your voice. And if you don't do that, you know, this elections sometimes are lost because, you know, people don't go out there and their voice put their vote to the right person. And that's why I'm here asking, humbly asking for your vote as your next Hidalgo County District Attorney. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. It was a pleasure. Uh, for everybody watching, thank you. Um, these things, these things are complicated. These, you know, we have candidates on. One side's going to be like, well, why didn't you ask her about this? The other, their side's going to be on, you were too nice, you were too hard. Thank you for tuning in, regardless. You know, this is this is what we love doing. We love discussing ideas and we love, you know, you know, putting people in the hot seat. And so again, I want to thank you for coming on. Subscribe to the podcast. Uh, we're gonna have a lot more of these and you're gonna enjoy it. Trust me. Thank you, Raul. Nelly Lopez Singletary, go out there tomorrow, cast your vote as your next Lalo County District Attorney. All righty. Thank Thanks. you.